0: Never think that you know it all. There's always something to learn because things are ever-changing. So have that mentor. Have a group of them. You don't need just one, but have someone that you can bounce ideas off of.
1: Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with, you know, the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com that's c o a c h w i t h t r e v o r.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and this is the show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We get straight to the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, and many other best ever guests. With us today, we got Jason Miles. How are you doing, Jason? I'm
0: doing very well. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, nice to have you on the show, my friend. And a little bit about Jason. Well, there's a whole lot to talk about with Jason's background. He's done hundreds of deals from single family to multifamily to new construction, and he's raised almost $20 million dollars. For his deals since 2008. He's been in the real estate industry for 15 years. He's based in Hotlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and he's the author of The Home Finders Guide. With that being said, Jason, you want to give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on?
0: Absolutely. Hello, Best Ever listeners. I am uh, very glad to be here. Just a little bit about my background. I was in the entertainment business for a long, long time, Uh, originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. And moved to Atlanta in 1996. This is my uh, 20th year, and got involved in real estate. But I spent a great deal of time learning about real estate before I actually pulled the trigger. I never did a deal until, well, probably late 2000. And um, I was one of those people that was kind of stuck in over analysis, and I just didn't do anything. But once I did things really 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 turned around quickly for me I found a new career I found a new life in uh, real estate investing and I didn't go into it to become a speaker or an author or some guy who has you know ridiculous amounts of real estate I went into it just to make a living and kind of stay out of the way it just didn't work out that way but uh, my focus has generally been, on the single family homes for a number of different reasons because it's a great place to start it's a really really good place to start because we know a lot of people don't have a lot of money to really go and say hey I want to own this 128 unit apartment building i mean just the the knowledge it's going to take for you to get in and do that or the money it'll take for you to pay the guy with the knowledge to get in and do it can be really prohibitive to a lot of people so i got involved in single family homes and just spent my time learning and learning and learning and learning. And I've got to tell you, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. You
1: mentioned that you spent a great deal of time learning before you did a deal. How much time was it?
0: A little over three years. I mean, I I literally got a degree in real estate. No kidding. I mean, I say that in a funny way, but eventually I actually did get a degree in real estate. And, um, I just didn't pull the trigger. It wasn't a matter of not having the information. It was a matter for me of just feeling a bit unsafe, not in the market, but just in my ability. Uh, One of the things that I didn't have was that mentor, was that person or group of people that I could reach out to and say, hey, look at this. What do you think of this? I think this is a good deal. I'm generally someone that really likes to move quickly, but when it comes down to spending your hard-earned money on something that could make you a lot of money, it could change your life. But if you did it wrong on the front end, you could you you could lose your shirt. And no one wants to do that. So I was just scared. I mean, I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of information and, and processes. And could the deal work this way? And how could it work? Can I can I do that? Can I do this? Can I get seller carrybacks? Can I, you know, w- whatever you could possibly imagine? I did that. I went to the library and spent countless hours uh, on a weekly basis, many, many more hours than I think anyone should actually spend in a library, although it's very good. I mean, I'm I'm an avid reader, but I spent a lot of time in the library reading books on real estate, reading books on finance, trying to figure out a niche that I could actually take full advantage of, and eventually I did.
1: You mentioned at the very end a niche that you could take full advantage of, but when I introduced you... I introduced you as someone who's done pretty much everything from single family, multifamily, new construction, raising money. What, what is that niche that you're referring to?
0: For me, that niche was getting involved in foreclosures and um, estates in the very, very beginning. It was, for me, a much, much easier pathway to acquire the real estate. Now, since then, of course, I've done a lot of different things and still do for that matter as it relates to finding deals. I'm a, a grassroots kind of guy. Uh, I like to do just the mailers and the signs and the, and the campaigns, the email campaigns, and you know just those things. Those things really, really work well for me. But when I found my niche in dealing with pre-foreclosures estates, it really just took off for me. I had easy access to the pre-foreclosure lists and would just literally send flyers to them and go door to door. I mean, I spent my days literally knocking on doors and evenings at times. Summers were the best. It was really easy to some, for some reason to pick up property in the summer, when school wasn't in that is, than it was any time of the year. But I probably did about 12%, which is a really, really high closing ratio from my mailers. But that's because I was willing to put in that extra time, go door knocking, put a face to the name, a voice to the words, and just make deals happen. What
1: do you mean by 12% from your mailers?
0: Well, for instance, uh, like right now, my closing percentage is much lower than that. So for every 100 that I mail out, I'll probably get 10 or 11 telephone calls, and I'll close, if I'm lucky, three of those. So it would be a 2 to 3% closing ratio right now. Well, because I had the time and the energy and the willingness to learn and experience what it was to be a real, real estate investor in the very, very beginning, my closing ratio was much higher. So for every hundred that I mailed out, I was closing 12 of those deals, which if I did that today, gosh, I just don't have the energy to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about it? Can you get very tactical in how you're able to have a closure rate of twelve percent on the mailers that you send out because it's not even the ones that respond. You're saying when you mail to a hundred addresses, twelve percent are closing because usually the response rate from what I've heard is like two percent. Exactly- so the first question is how do you get such a high response rate? And then the second is how tactically were you closing? And you said meeting with them face to face, but can you get into the specifics?
0: Absolutely. Well Uh, what I did was basically scrub the list first. So I looked through the list and decided for myself, okay, which of these deals are going to be better suited for the way I want to do things? So what I would do is look for properties that had been purchased at least seven to eight years ago, at least. I would look for properties that were under a certain price point. For instance, uh, the value in the community currently at that time was $150,000. I was looking for things that where the loan seven years ago would have been at about 110. And then we've got that that pay down over that time period, which is generally only about five or six percent over a five-year period. But depending on what down payment they had and so on and so forth, I knew that I could get into that deal for eighty to ninety thousand dollars. So I pinpointed those particular deals. And I only sent mail to those particular properties. And those are the same properties that I would go to door to door. And I would follow up with telephone calls. And I mean, it was just a constant process. So it isn't literally, it wasn't for me just getting a list and sending out 10,000 mailers to just every address on the list. I had a very, very specific price point that I was searching for and a laser beam focus on how I wanted to get those, uh, those properties closed. And by being as diligent as I was and being willing to spend the time, not just in knocking on the door, but to go through the list property by property and to see which ones were going to be best for me in the way that I was currently investing.
1: I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about the $20 million that you've raised since 2008. What are you raising it for?
0: We raise it for a number of different things. We raise it uh, to buy properties, but we'll do uh, multifamily. We're doing stuff all in the region, although we've done uh, multifamily properties all around the country. We've also raised money for our own private lending aspect of it, which is really small in the big scheme of things, but it allows us, based on the way we're acquiring property today, to really kind of have a little bit more oomph with the with the 5 or $6 million that we're using for that private lending. And by the way, that private lending that we're doing is only on our own properties, so it we get a lot of leverage in the way that we use that money. So, you know, we'll do loan takeovers. Uh, you know, we're still doing, you know, some aspects of wraparound mortgages so that we can fully take advantage of what that property is and maximize the interest that we're not only paying, but what we're earning on that 5 million. So, uh, on the multifamily things that we're doing, we're looking for properties well, areas that have at least 10 units or more that we can come in, fix up these communities, buy the properties within this community, you know, two or three at a time, you know, 30, 40, 50 units at a time, clean it up. I mean, we're in Birmingham, uh, for example, Birmingham, Alabama. We're buying and renovating apartment buildings for about $13,000 a door, and it's giving us an immediate value of about $22,000 a door, although we're not selling that really really gives us a a super super high rate of return our net operating uh, uh, expenses are are almost nothing because we're paying cash for them outside of our taxes and management expenses but we're getting cap rates of 23 percent based on the way that we're raising the money and spending the money which is virtually unheard of in atlanta i mean you just if you get 8% 8% on a good property in Atlanta, you know, as in terms of a cap rate, you're doing really, really well.
1: You mentioned we. Who's we?
0: Uh, my team. I, you know, we have a team at this point. It's not just me knocking on doors anymore. So we have uh, myself, a very good friend of mine named Anthony Pabone. We have a gentleman in New York that we work with that uh, uh, looks through a, a good number of properties for us in terms of making sure that these deals are really, really good. And what I'm good at is talking and finding deals. Uh, I'm also good at everything else inside the deal, but you have to value your time and you use your strengths for the betterment of the organization, for your company, for your family, for your team. And you bring in the people that are good at what they do and trust that they're going to be good at what they do. And you work well as a team together. Hopefully you can have a cohesive unit and we've been able to put that together for ourselves.
1: For the best ever listeners who are wanting to learn how to raise $20 million, what would you tell them as far as pointers?
0: I've been doing the same thing uh, since I read Robert Kiyosaki's book. I've been doing the exact same thing. I started with my children playing the cash flow game many, many years ago. And that turned into their friends coming over and then their parents wanting to come over. And it literally just is a conversation that you're having with people around you. We've been doing them at church. We've been doing the games at libraries and we do them consistently. And that's how we get people that generally wouldn't invest, at least in the beginning. I mean, we still do it now. Now we have a group of investors, but that's just what I do. So when you're talking to people about what they want, don't be pushy. Don't try to, get stuff out of them i mean just ask them you know if they've ever thought about investing in real estate and then just listen don't talk so much just listen if you just listen to what they have to say they're going to tell you what their issues are they're going to tell you if you know they thought about it but they're scared because of what happened in 2008 or you know whatever it winds up being whatever their hurdles are whatever their points of contention are as it relates to investing in real estate just listen to what they have to say If you know what it is you want to do and you can alleviate some of that pressure, some of that pain that they think they're going to feel or maybe have felt in the past, then great. You have someone who may have some money but just doesn't have the tolerance to do what you do or doesn't have the knowledge to do what you do. And that's what makes you a great team. And it's just a matter of finding people that have what you don't have and finding a way to work together.
1: How many cash flow games have you hosted in your life?
0: It's been hundreds uh, it's it's hundreds sometimes we do it a couple times a week when when we have the, the opportunity We just started a new one for uh, the church that we currently go to They love it you know and it's just fun and it's all about getting people in the mindset of investing but it's been hundreds over the past 13 years 14 years it's it's literally been hundreds I have never stopped doing it. My oldest son, I love him to death. He is now a financial analyst here in Atlanta and and I just I look back at it and it, you can't help but to feel such pride and joy because these financial principles that he's learned and has now developed and is sharing with other people started right in our kitchen. When
1: you speak to a potential investor after you have a relationship with them, and they don't invest in your deal. Why don't they invest?
0: A lot of times it's uh, a little bit of fear. Uh, sometimes, it's more often than not, it's just uncertainty. So it's a matter of them just watching and, and, and listening and paying attention. And I try to keep them in the loop as much as I can. A lot of times we'll have people that have the ability to invest, the desire to invest, but just like me when I started out. They just couldn't pull the trigger. They're just not ready to pull the trigger for one reason or another. And because of that, I make sure that I stay with them and I give them that mentorship that I didn't get in the beginning so that when they are ready, I'll be there, even if it's not with me.
1: Specifically, how do you keep them in the loop?
0: Specifically, we keep in communication with them. We let them know what what opportunities we have. We uh, uh, always are letting them know if, if they'd like to hear more about it or see more about it, that they can do that. We allow them to continue to come play the games with us if they want to. And I hate to use the word allow, but we just keep them in the loop like it's never been an issue. And it doesn't matter if it's been three or four years, because once they do invest, our goal is to have them invest with us for the next 10, 20, 30 years or as long as they want to be involved what
1: other than the cash flow game you mentioned you know sharing with them you know details as as they want do you send out a weekly or a monthly newsletter do you have a i don't know a podcast i mean i know you wrote a book but like is there a systematic way of keeping in touch with them on it or is it just the cash flow game and and whenever you think to email them about info.
0: Absolutely. We have different levels of that. It, it really depends on where I'm meeting them. So we have the people that come through our various forms of marketing. Uh, they'll come through an ad on whatever social media site or they'll they will have visited one of the websites that we have. And those, of course, have very different campaigns. We have websites for people that are losing their house and we're always giving them an opportunity to learn how to save it, even if we can't help them. And we give them the opportunity to learn more about their situation and how to help themselves and others. And they they are on a, a, a totally different campaign. But yes, to answer your question, we have several different marketing campaigns that are geared towards each different media outlet that they come from, each different funnel that they come through.
1: What's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: My best real estate investing advice ever for all you best ever listeners is to make sure that you have a mentor make sure that you are learning from someone that's doing it never think that you know it all there's always something to learn because things are ever changing so have that mentor have a group of them you don't need just one but have someone that you can bounce ideas off of have someone that you can reach out to and that you trust and that you know is having the success that you're working towards
1: you ready for the best ever lightning round
0: Ready for it? I've never been more ready. I've been looking forward to this lightning round.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you lose sleep last night thinking of the lightning
0: round? I absolutely did. I got to tell you, I was up till about two o'clock, and I because <laughs> I'm thinking about certain things, and you know, I, I, I just I was excited about it. I, I
1: well, then we got to get into it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. One challenge you might be coming across in your real estate endeavors is finding the funding. For your deals. And if so, then there's a creative funding workshop in Nashville, Tennessee, March 4th and 5th, hosted by not one, but two previous best ever guests Sharon Vornholt and Bill Walston. You can check out more information at Louisville Gals Real Blog.com forward slash creative finance. That's Louisville's Gals Real forward slash creative finance. All right, Jason, here we go. With much anticipation, what's the best ever book you've read?
0: Well, I thought about this long and hard, but I've got to say, one of the best books, and I give it away, I think I'm the single largest buyer of this particular book. It's a book by a gentleman named Gay Hendricks. It's called Five Wishes.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learn from it?
0: Best ever personal growth experience is having gained it and lost it, personally as well as financially, and what not to do the next time. Once you've gone through it, you, you never forget that pain. We have a tendency as humans to constantly run away from pain, and uh, you find ways not to. So having had it and lost it, and then learning what to do to keep it, money as well as relationships for the long haul.
1: How do you keep it for the long haul? What would you learn?
0: I just learned about being honest with myself more than anything. I mean, we all think that we're being honest with ourselves, but more often than not, we have these uh, expectations in our mind that more often than not go unsaid, but we think we're saying them, but we're not really saying them. And it, it really boils down to that expectation, that level of expectation and honesty. You know, by not Using your words by not verbalizing what it is you expect of people and being realistic about your expectations is really unfair to a lot of people. So, you have to be honest with yourself and look at things for what they are and not what you want them to be. And by doing that, you can have a lot of personal success and a personal growth in life outside of the money. And that is absolutely priceless.
1: Am I interpreting that correctly in that? you weren't honest with yourself with the situation and it snowballed to a point of no return? Absolutely. Okay, got it. So you were looking at through rose-colored glasses, but that wasn't the reality of the situation. And then it was too late. And then you had to control, alt delete and restart. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, I'm with you. Best ever deal you've done? Uh,
0: The best ever deal I've done, and I've kind of battled it. I've got to say it was the first one. Simply because it took so long to actually pull the trigger. But once I pulled the trigger, the floodgates were open. And then there's been dozens and dozens of deals at that point that I would have considered at a, at a certain point to be my very best deal ever. But it truly has to be my first deal. Not because of the money, just simply because it took so long for me to actually do it.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: I love to give back to children and parents. Again, the cash flow game. It's not just in that, but that's one example of it. It's a family environment. It's not just for the, the grown-ups. I like for people to grow up with an understanding of money so that it isn't so difficult for them when they get out here into the world and they don't know how to do this, that, or the other. I watched my mother, even to this day, struggle with spending. And and uh, even though she can easily spend a little more than she would want to, we still have to keep her on uh, a little tight leash because she will spend what you give her. She just has no control. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it. Uh, I like to make sure that we're giving to children and parents. I like to make sure that the foundation is solid. It's it's much more than you know the free dinners on whatever holiday and the and the clothes and the book bags and the things of that uh, nature. It's more so for me about the education things that cannot be taken away, things that they can utilize over and over and over and over again for the rest of their lives.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: Two of them, one the very beginning is not having that mentor. I can only imagine how much more money I would have made in those early years, knowing what the market was, you know, looking back at it, 2020 is always hindsight, but having that mentor and, and keeping that education going. I mean, I kept it going, but there's so much more information out here than there was when I was in the very, very beginning stages. You can go out and learn about anything right now if you have the willingness to do it and the ability to stick through it. And then if you get involved in uh, renovations and things of that nature, which I did early on, I didn't have a project manager. I read the books and did all those things and went out and got my contractor's license and said I was going to be my own project manager. I learned very, very shortly that that was one of the biggest mistakes I'd ever made.
1: What's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you?
0: The best ever place the best ever listeners can reach me is at Jason O. Miles. That's Jason O. Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, j a s o n o m y l e s r e n-e-t-w-o-r-k dot com and my email is the exact same thing it just is jason at the Jason dot Network.com.
1: well jason this has been an awesome conversation I took a lot of notes but two things I took away from this one is being laser focused on what your strategy is with I mean you were getting a, a tremendously high close rate because you were laser focused on your list you weren't just sending out like ten thousand mailers, you're very focused on who you're sending it out to based on predetermined criteria and then going to visit those houses too. I haven't really heard of too many people do that. Yep. And then secondly raising money, you know, you raised over twenty million since two thousand eight. And you've done it through building relationships with the cash flow game, uh, which is you know just a, just a simple way to, to start the conversation and to, to build relationships with people in person. And like you said, you've done it over a hundred times, hundreds of them. Um, and that's been a scalable thing for you and, and your your colleagues. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice
0: with the best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And it was great to meet all of the best ever listeners.
1: Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations, Fish bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.